News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Messias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Welcome to the Luke Messias Show. Four years ago, I was walking around the halls of the Texas Capitol talking to legislators about the idea of banning sex change surgeries on children. At the time, the idea of the legislature doing this was unthinkable. And in two sessions, we've gone from unthinkable to radical, to sensible, to acceptable, to popular. And this session, we're going to get some policy on this issue. We had a hearing in the Texas Senate, which we are gonna highlight for you this week. We broke down exactly what kind of policy is going to actually be considered, likely pass, the holes that still exist within these areas and discussions. Um, We're going to bring to you a real understanding of the issue at hand, what's on the table, and what Texas needs to do. Let's get to the show. The first couple meetings I remember about the transgendering of children issue were in 2019. And in the conversations I had with various conservative lawmakers, groups, people who care about these issues, they they said this thing had to be handled quietly. And the reason it needed to be handled quietly was because that was following the near election of Beto O'Rourke statewide. Ted Cruz had only gotten reelected by a couple percentage points. And so going into that session, everyone kind of agreed, we need to not hit any of these hot button issues too aggressively. And so we just couldn't get a lot of momentum behind the discussion and looked for various different vehicles that you could maybe amend the policy onto. That session, there was no success, there was no debate, there was no vote that ever took place. In 2021, there are a handful of bills filed. At this point, conservatives around Texas agreed, if we're going to stop this horrific practice that's happening in the Lone Star State, then we're gonna need to publicly push policy. At the time though, this had maybe gone from an idea that was unthinkable to radical. It was still considered kind of out there to believe that this was something we needed to do. Not in the Texas Senate necessarily, but definitely in the Texas House of Representatives. And we fast forward to two years from now. It's actually maybe even helpful to kind of remember what happened. When the Texas House of Representatives actually killed the legislation. It was a team effort. We have podcasts that describe in detail exactly how that happened, but essentially Chairman Stephanie Click, Chairman Dustin Burroughs, and Speaker Dade Phelan worked in unison together to ensure that that legislation did not become law. Now we fast forward and we've gone from three bills that deal with the banning of sex change surgeries on children to more than 24 bills in the Texas House of Representatives that deal with this issue. See, this is what happens when conservatives insist on demanding conservative results. The legislature moves. The Texas House of Representatives today is a little more conservative than it was two years ago. But the votes were there two years ago and the votes are there today. What changed? Well, Representative Click went through a very spirited primary where she was mainly attacked for her part in the team effort that went into killing this legislation. So instead, she's now very open to the policy. She's actually co-authoring policy to deal with this. Last session, she didn't even want to put her name on legislation that was dealing with this issue. 
And this year, she's already signing on even as early as I think February when she co-authored some legislation dealing with this. It's going to happen. Let me tell you right now, I will be stunned if something doesn't pass. But then the question is, what's going to pass? How is it going to restrict? Well, this last week in the Texas Senate, they heard Senate Bill 14. And this is legislation by Donna Campbell. It mirrors legislation filed in the Texas House of Representatives by Tom Oliverson. So even though there are dozens of bills that deal with this in various different ways, this is the vehicle that is seen as most likely to pass, most likely to be supported through both chambers and to get to the governor's desk. What it does is is it restricts several different aspects of this practice. One is that it says, basically doctors cannot receive liability coverage for the procedures, surgical procedures, or the administration of puberty blockers on children. It also has a blanket civil ban on the transitionary surgeries and puberty blockers. So not only does it say we're not going to cover liability insurance for you in this state, it also says you cannot do this, and that I believe is enforceable by the attorney general. And third, it has a funding provision, which says no public funds may be used to transition children in Texas. This will affect something that Representative Brian Slayton brought to light just a couple months ago when he released documentation that showed that Texas medical schools are actually giving classes to medical school students on how to transition these kids. So those are the types of restrictions that will be in place. There are some loopholes that it will still afford Texans, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But first, I want to go to a clip of Prisha Mosley, a courageous young woman who testified before the Senate last week on Senate Bill 14. Let's go to this clip. My name is Prisha Mosley. I was a 15-year-old girl when the trans community found me. Already diagnosed with multiple mental illnesses, including anorexia, a body dysmorphic disorder, and borderline personality disorder, a trauma disorder, I was easy to manipulate and convince that I had been born in the wrong body. I was told that this was the reason for all of my mental and emotional distress. I was told that changing my gender would cure me. As an impressionable and mentally ill child, I fully believed this. I also believed that my sexual assault, which happened at age 14, only happened to girls. I wanted to transition to be safe, and I was allowed to make permanent changes to my health due to these beliefs. Beginning at 17, high doses of testosterone were injected into my anorexic body. This was done by a pediatrician in the same hospital where I was seeing a nutritionist for my severe malnutritionist and regularly receiving stitches for cutting and other self-harming behavior. I don't under, what I don't understand is why they never offered me counseling to help me with the depression, the trauma, the personality, the personality disorder, or my ongoing self-harm. It was clear that they were solely focused on pushing me into transition without any regard for all of the other clear challenges and issues I was experiencing. Testosterone had extreme side effects, more and more of which I am discovering every day. I suffered hair growth growth all over my body and hair loss on my head. My shoulders rapidly broadened beyond my frame, causing me to be disproportionate, clumsy, and in pain. My neck, back, and shoulders constantly burn, and all of my joints ache all of the time. Testosterone also causes cha- caused changes in my vocal cords and throat. 
I can no longer sing or really raise my voice, and speaking for long periods of time causes me pain. My endocrine system is ruined, and I'm no longer able to regulate my own hormones. I have no choice but to be medicated for this for the rest of my life. One of the worst side effects has been vaginal atrophy. This is the shrinking and thinning of the vagina. It is so severe that I am no longer able to use tampons because it is so small, and I'm afraid that I will tear. This has happened before. One year after starting wrong sex hormones, despite persistent self-harm, my healthy breasts were removed. I was told I, was ha I would have sensation in my chest within one year. I was instead, my chest is numb except for the occasional zapping pain. I almost lost my nipples. After being grafted, pieces of them stuck to my bandage and fell off and I no longer have them. During the time in which I was receiving gender-affirming care, my psychiatrists and psychologists had to ask me at the beginning of each appointment what my name was, who the president was, and what year it was, because I was so far from reality. They told me no to liposuction and yes to a radical double mastectomy. I was too unhealthy to consent to lipo, but not to top surgery. I was convinced that my puberty was a disease, and I trusted my doctors and the trans community when they told me they had the cure. But it wasn't true. I stand now before you in an aching body, which is no longer mine. I don't recognize myself when I look in the mirror. I am suffering from severe medical issues with which no doctors will help me, and insurance covers nothing. The medical professionals who did this to me have abandoned me, and the trans community has abandoned me. My doctors assisted me in mutilating myself and then left me in the cold when I wanted the harm to stop. But when I see young girls in my situation, young girls who have experienced sexual trauma, who are suffering from mental illness, and who suffer from body dysmorphia disorders, or who feel pressured by social media or their peers to conform to certain stereotypes of femininity, my heart breaks for them. And while the damage done to my body can never be fully reversed, I can be an advocate for those girls in the same position I was. Thank you. Uh, it was a troubling testimony to hear. I was there in person in the Texas Senate while Prisha was sharing her story. The senators were, I would say, shaken, disturbed, upset, angry. It's important to remind ourselves exactly who we're talking about. Children. Damaged, wounded, insecure, hurting children. And it takes a group of adults that are basically conspiring to manipulate this child and sacrifice their body at the altar of a sexual revolution that has been sweeping our nation. So what are we going to do about it? Senate Bill 14 does accomplish some great things. Um, I actually had a chance to testify. So I want to go to this clip because this is going to help us uh, set the stage for what the policy does and what the policy does not do. Uh, Luke Macias, I'm here testifying uh, on behalf of myself uh, in favor of Senate Bill 14. Uh, Senator Menendez, I'm your constituent. I know we disagree on this issue, but thank you for listening. And Senator Campbell, thank you so much for bringing this bill. And you've been just doing just a phenomenal job defending the policy. Um, I see Senate Bill 14 on the transgendering of children as 
the 20-week ban when it came to abortion. And what I mean by that is it is basically making it illegal for Texas medical professionals to commit the most heinous offenses against children, as the 20-week abortion ban did. It doesn't, and I just think it's important to recognize that it does not stop them entirely from transitioning these children, as the 20-week abortion ban did not on the issue of abortion. Uh, you will hear even today from people that are really committed to tr attempting to do the impossible, which is turn a little boy into a little girl or a little, a little girl into a little boy. Um, and sadly, even in these instances, we're dealing with this on the abortion issue as well. Many of these parents who are committed to transitioning their children will still be able to order these puberty suppressants online. They'll still be able to fly to Denver, Colorado for a couple days. And so ultimately, when it comes to mutilating the genitals of their child, which we've heard horrific stories of, I do think it's worth acknowledging the fact that this bill sadly won't completely end those practices because we are still allowing a set of parents who are dedicated to transitioning their child to fly to Denver, Colorado, to mutilate the genitals of their child, to come back, to post on social media, to announce publicly, we did this to our kid. And, and that will happen, and th those parents will still afford all of the privileges of being a citizen of Texas. They'll get the privileges of being a citizen here and protected in our state, even though those happen. So I just want to encourage you all to continue the fight after this bill passes, and thank you for the work you're doing. So Senate Bill 14 is a very positive step in the right direction. And as I said in my testimony before the Senate, I really do describe it as the 20-week abortion ban. I was there in the Capitol when we were passing the 20-week abortion ban. I was there when Wendy Davis was filibustering. I was literally in offices when DPS officers were coming and telling us, everyone get down, we're locking the doors. Literally pro-choice activists were losing their mind. They were violently revolting and screaming. It was a very unnerving place to be. And they were doing so because they knew that this was the start of something that was not going to stop. They knew that pro-life forces in Texas, when they got the 20-week abortion ban, would continue to push, and rightfully so, to say, now that we've gotten 20 weeks, we're gonna do a, a dismemberment abortion ban, which was pushed. A partial birth abortion ban liability increase that was done at some point. The heartbeat bill, a trigger bill, the old laws that still remained on the books to this day. Understand this. Even without the trigger ban, which we passed last session, we would still have abortion illegal in Texas today because Texas never removed its pre-row statutes that said abortion's completely illegal. The pro-abortion forces knew, and they were revolting because they said if we give them this step, they'll take another step and another step and another step. One of my concerns is that our political class in Texas is not ready for the battle that lies ahead. And I get different feedback from different people. I will say, my time in the State Affairs Committee, it became pretty clear that most of the Republican senators there are very committed to not only this policy, but exploring any and all other policies that can be included. Here's what I wanna do for us today, first and foremost. I wanna explain the loopholes that exist. This is not a criticism of Senate Bill 14, because Senate Bill 14 does make it much harder to do most of these horrific practices. But there are still some loopholes that exist. I think it's important for us to recognize what they are as we consider policy solutions in the future. So here's the first thing that Senate Bill 14 does not address. It doesn't address 
Prisha Mosley. What do I mean by that? It is a forward-looking bill. It basically says, hey, this is bad. It should not happen. We're going to put restrictions to make sure that it doesn't happen again. The reality is in Texas, we have thousands of kids that have been or will continue to be transitioned. So that's one problem. It doesn't look back. One of the issues we have is that the statute of limitations is very small. It's a very short window. Prisha is not from Texas. These atrocities happened to her in North Carolina. She now lives in Michigan. So she's not affected by Texas's laws on this issue. But when you heard her story, I'm assuming you probably felt as if I did. If this young woman, if this happened to her in Texas, I would want her to have some path to ensure that every medical expense she incurs is paid for by those abusers. And maybe that she can actually get financial damages that penalize those abusers from ever doing this to anyone again. Sadly, she wouldn't have those same abilities. By the time she's in her mid-20s, early 30s, she can't sue. Representative Shelby Slauson in the Texas House of Representatives and Senator Bob Hall both filed bills this session to deal with making sure that that statute of limitations is actually expanded so that they're given a, a broader window by which they can bring these legal cases. That would be a great step in the right direction. What's the other problem? None of these, many of these bills being considered do not address the fact that these children are largely transitioned by their parents. And this is something that the right has struggled with for a long time because we are the party of parental rights. We are a movement that believes that the family is first and foremost. It's the smallest government created by God and that should be protected by our government. But that doesn't mean that we believe in enabling and protecting child abuse. I believe, and I've asked a lot of people to give me other solutions, but I believe that until transitioning a child is categorized as child abuse in the state of Texas, there will always be a massive loophole. Here's what we basically say when we don't designate it as child abuse. Our medical professionals, they cannot be involved in transitioning a child. But if that is your child, you can be as involved as you possibly wanna be in trying to turn this little girl into a little boy, a little boy into a little girl. Have free reign, you are protected. Because if it's not child abuse, then it's something you can do. It's permissible by the government. That is an ultimate problem. The other licensed professionals that are left out of the conversation so far are all the psychologists that are brainwashing these kids from ages two to 18, to 20, to 30, to 40. These psychologists take damaged, insecure, wounded people and tell them, hey, maybe, maybe you are a gender opposite your biological sex, a reality that we know does not exist. But they're insistent on giving as an alternative out of the pain that their patients are feeling. They're not included in this legislation. 
They're not included in most of the legislation that's been filed. Ultimately, as you see red states address this issue, licensed psychologists aren't even touched. Now, I will just say, there is no way that we don't ultimately get to them. There is no instance in which the right, if it is serious about protecting these kids, don't tie the hands of these psychologists. They cannot be allowed free reign into the minds and hearts of our kids. It doesn't make sense. These things are linked, right? We're not Gnostic. We believe that literally the spirit and the body are connected. And so it doesn't make sense that within our public policy, we're not going to ultimately acknowledge that these psychologists are often just as damaging as the medicine that's practiced against these kids. There is this element to one being permanent and irreversible and the other one being able to, you know, be forgotten or at least uh, healed from. But these are issues that we're going to absolutely have to deal with. The other interesting thing that's come out of this debate, which I think is actually really good, is that there are some very strange forces that are finally outing themselves on issues like this. And one is the Texas Medical Association. Now, the Texas Medical Association, any of you who have been conservatives for a long time in the conservative movement in Texas probably know that the Texas Medical Association picks the worst Republican in every single primary, backs them, and gives them a ton of money. Okay? They go into almost every single primary and they go, of these four options, who's the most liberal? I'm all in for that person. And then they come to the legislature and they lobby for abortion. And now they're lobbying for opening up this transgender care for these kids. So they, they tried to come in and disguise themselves. They basically tried to come in and say, we're not, when you register for a bill at the Capitol, you either register for it, against it, or just on it. I'm not here against, I'm not here for, I just want to be on this piece of legislation. Texas Medical Association set up and they said, hey, we're just here on, but then they had this long list of problems with the bill. So Senator Brian Hughes and Senator Donna Campbell did a marvelous job basically saying, hey, you're not going to show up and actually say you're on it when you're really against it because you just have this long list of criticisms. So let's go to this clip real quick. Uh, doctor, did you hear the testimony from uh, Prisha Mosley earlier? Yes. Did anything she said have any effect on your view of this issue or this bill? Well, I think we all, when we hear any situation like what we heard today, I'm, my heart goes out to her, of course, and we all understand that these situations are, are very, very complex. And what, what, I, what did speak to me is the importance of how a doctor and patient relationship is, is really a, what makes the difference in people's lives. And so, you know, I can't say specifically, of course, what happened, but I, you know, always wish that there's always a good doctor for every patient. Did you hear Dr. Rife's testimony about the irreversible nature of the effects of both chemical and surgical treatment? I did. Do you agree with what she said? I think there's, there is some discussion ongoing about hormones and then puberty blockers as well. I think we agree that surgery is, of course, definitive, but uh, I do think that in particular puberty blockers uh, have been used for medical conditions such as precocious puberty, and we have experience with 
using those medications, and so we know the long-term effects in, in those populations. I will say, yes, we don't have certainty like we would like about the long-term consequences of using puberty blockers in gender dysphoria, but this is, again, the best evidence that we have today is what we're using to take care of our patients. When you say surgery is definitive, if I heard you right, obviously I'm not the smartest guy, but does that mean it's done, it's not easily undone, cannot be undone when we say surgery is definitive? She described, it was, it was unpleasant to listen to, but she described physical, literal physical conditions that exist after these surgeries. Do you agree with what she said? You know, I you know, would never disagree with anybody in their own perspective and their own narrative at all. So, uh, you know, those, those, those stories are, are her own, and I, I take those as, as she said them. No, I'm asking about Dr. Rice's testimony about the physical effects of those surgeries. So, yes, I, I think the, the physical effects of surgeries are developed and they are permanent, as we've discussed. Um, and so I think, you know, this is why we, when we look at any type of medical intervention, we have to look at the risks and the benefits. And so going into any type of things like a surgery, we'd have to know those consequences ahead of time. First and foremost, I, I love the little subjective morality he inserts there at some point. He's like, well, I mean, I would, I would believe anyone in the story that they share about themselves. And, uh, but this is a doctor who spent, I mean, I'm giving you two minutes of the 25 minutes he talked to these senators. And the callous disregard for the permanent damage being done to these children is pretty remarkable. Pretty amazing. This is the largest medical lobby and pack in the state of Texas. They give millions of dollars to lawmakers in that building. And then they show up and they claim to represent 60,000 doctors in the state of Texas. I loved what Senator Campbell said. She told them, however many doctors you say you represent, I need you to subtract that by one because I'm a member of the Texas Medical Association and I do not support your position on this bill. So she's sitting here going like, you're saying you're speaking for 57,000 doctors. You need to say 56,999. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot more out there. She asked about, did you poll your doctors? Did you ask them well? And they kind of went around it. They said, well, we got a, we got like 500 people that come to our convention and then we asked them. And I don't know what kind of abusers are attending the Texas Medical Association convention, but we really should send probably Department of Family Protective Services there at some point to consider investigating a lot of the people that are evidently voting to say, yeah, this is okay. It's really interesting the way they defend this. Well, I'm just saying this is still the gender-affirming care that we know. I know there are potential risks associated with it. Here's the one sad thing, too. I will say, if I was going to take one thing away from things that weren't said enough, and, and it was said by a lot of people that testified, but it was just amazing that so many of these people testifying they actually believe that a woman be can become a man. They believe that a man can become a woman. They believe that your gender and your sex are fluid to the point that just because you're born with the biological sex of a man, 
It doesn't mean that your gender cannot be reflected as the opposite. And they literally promote this, that people would live in constant turmoil. It's one of the most hateful ideas out there. It's in the state of Texas. This session, Texas is going to do something. We're going to join 10, 12 other states in basically saying this shouldn't happen. And you're going to read a lot of headlines. And the transgender, the LGBTQIA, LMNOP community are going to come out and they're going to say, oh my gosh, Texas has stopped all of this from happening. But here's the sad thing, and I'm not trying to be negative when it comes to this upcoming anticipated victory that I believe is going to happen. And I will tell you that many conservatives are going to be in, this, in the Texas Capitol on a regular basis fighting to make that happen. But I, I don't want to negatively talk about that victory that I believe is coming. But it's not going to stop it. These people can, we're still telling parents, you can block your kid's puberty as long as it's not a Texas doctor doing it. You don't think they can get these drugs administered or just prescribed to them online? This is what we're dealing with on the abortion pill. There's abortion pill legislation this session because if you go to literally on a college, okay, you walk into a bathroom stall. And I don't know this because I've been in a, a girl's bathroom stall in college. I just want to be clear. Or a boy's bathroom stall in college. I haven't been on a college campus in a very long time. But if you were on a college campus right now, you just go to the bathroom, close the door, you see a little sticker, need an abortion and a little QR code. You take a picture of that QR card and it sends you to a website where you can order abortion pills and have them shipped to you in Texas. That's going to happen. And here's the scarier thing, though. This is what's worse when it comes to not going after the psychologists. The psychologists are going to be the ones that say, hey, you can't get your puberty blockers here, but you can get them on this website or one of these 20 websites. You can ship them in. When females go onto these puberty blockers, they can still mature if they're taken off. It's not to say there are no problems with it. Prisha shared her story, horrendous story. When young men go onto these puberty blockers, we don't have cases where they come off of them and then continue to mature. So it has chemically castrated them even before you have any permanent surgery. I was encouraged this week because it's early in the session and you can see the momentum behind this issue in both chambers. Unfortunately, I just need to remind us that the battle we're in is a long one. And the battle on this issue is not going away. No matter what we pass this session. This is going to be an issue that plagues us session after session after session. Because the left is dedicated at a religious level to this transgender, transhumanism idea. They're going to keep pushing it. That's why we're going to have to keep talking about it. I hope this is giving you some insight into what's happening in Texas, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the reality that we have to keep fighting. God bless you, and God bless the great state of Texas. Thank you for listening to The Luke Macias Show. To find out more information about what's going on here in Texas, visit texasscorecard.com.